Hallelujah. Somebody you put your hands together and magnify the name of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Exalt his holy name in the mighty name of Jesus. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The I am that I am, the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace is his name, the possessor of the heaven and the earth. Beloved, is that all you can do? I taught you, you just praise him. I taught you praise him. I taught you praise him. In the mighty name of Jesus, he's worthy of all of our praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, what a joy to come before his presence one more time. What a mighty God that we serve. Hallelujah. The God who in his majesty, the psalmist declare, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In all of his majesty, he has chosen to just tabernacle with us even in our Zoom service. Beloved, this is what God can do. Hallelujah. And we want to say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe the presence of God is with you wherever you are at. In the mighty name of Jesus, for his name is the same. He changes not, and he forever remains with his people. Hallelujah. Are there any people of God online today in the mighty name of Jesus? I believe by the virtue of your presence in church today, the fire and the presence of God, the spirit of God is upon you in the mighty name of Jesus to do the impossible with you in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your toil will not be in vain in the mighty name of Jesus. Now I want you to declare over yourself, my toil will not be in vain in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Beloved, if his name remains the same, then your toil will not be in vain because he is faithful to his name. Hallelujah. He's faithful to his name and is faithful to his word. May I welcome you all to church today. This is Bread of Life Ministries where Jesus satisfied. It is lovely to see all of you in church today. We thank God for your life, your family, your ministry, your business, and your home, your household. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank the Lord. Just bless the name of the Lord. Just bless the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, just bless the name of the Lord. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We commit this service unto the mighty hands. Every distraction will work for our good in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, almighty God, we surrender the service unto you. Take absolute control. Take absolute control over every device using to broadcast this service unto the mighty hands. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Somebody thank the name of the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. Hallelujah. 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 Beloved, let's just get straight into the word for today. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week, we touched on the series, uh, My Toil Will Not Be In Vain. Hallelujah. 
and we, we touched on uh, Malachi chapter number three, verse number 16, where the, it is not vain to serve the Lord, hallelujah, where the, 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 the believers, the, those who fear the Lord, call on the name of the Lord, and the Lord heard them, and there was a distinction between those who serve God and those who do not serve God. Sometimes in the pressures of life and the challenges and the obstacles that we face here on earth, hallelujah, we might think that our labor, our toil, our hard work, our commitment and dedication is void. Amen. Why? Because in the eyes of man, we haven't seen the result. We haven't seen the fruit that we anticipated that we will see. Praise God. But in the realm of the spirit, that God is working his miracle in our life to bring a manifestation of abundance and of great success in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout, my toil will not be in vain. Beloved, maybe you have been with us all these years and you are shouting, what is the point of serving God? What is the point of being in his ministry? What is the point of denying myself from the delicacies of the king's table, the, the sin of this world, eh, for staying away from the sins and the pleasures of this world and living a pure, holy, righteous life unto the Lord? What is the gain for me? What is the gain for me? And you look in your life and it appears that all the things you said to do for your life and for God, all the very things you consecrated yourself to, it appears that nothing has happened to you or nothing fruitful has happened in your life. Maybe you look and you compare your life with unbelievers. You look and you compare your life with people who don't go to church more than, who don't go to church like you. Maybe you compare your life with people who don't speak in tongues like you. Maybe you compare your life with people who don't go for prayer meeting every Monday and Friday and you look at them and it appears that Things are happening for them. Life is good for them. And you look into your life and you say that your services in the house of God is in vain. But beloved, I've come to encourage somebody today that there is no service. There is no sacrifice. There is no dedication. There is nothing that is done in the name of the Lord that will be in vain in the name of Jesus. Malachi, the Bible tells us to understand that there is a book of remembrance. Somebody shout the book of remembrance. There is a book of remembrance and I am so glad that the book of remembrance is not kept by my boss. It is not kept by my bank manager. It is not kept by my broker. It is not kept by my insurance broker. It is not kept by my wife nor my husband. It is not kept by, it is not kept by my aunties or my uncles. It is not kept by my pastor or my bishop. Oh, beloved, when you displease any of these people, they can cross your name out of that book. They can refuse to record every good that you have done. They can just record all the bad deeds that you have done. But this book of remembrance, it's kept by Elohim. It's kept by the father of all truth. And the father of all truth, Maya Kabarakata, Yebrakapayakata, he will not blot your name out of it. He will not refuse to record your good deeds in the mighty name of Jesus. He will not confer with others to either put your name there or strike your name off. 
Oh, just as sometimes we take the phone and we begin to gossip about people, the Lord will not gossip whether to put your name there or to strike your name off. And that is why I am so glad because no human being can alter what God has written in this book. There is the book of remembrance and the book of remembrance shows a distinction between those who serve the Lord, between those who labor for the Lord and those who do not labor for the Lord. I've come to encourage somebody in this service, that your hard labor in the Lord, your hard labor and sacrifice in the name of Jesus shall never be in vain, and it will never be in vain. The Lord is a rewarder if his name is forever the same, and if he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, then I come to encourage somebody as you seek the Lord, he will surely reward you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I decree over you to those who are at the verge of washing your neck. Maybe you are the verge of packing in. You are the verge of giving up. Maybe you have even said to yourself, I will not even go to church anymore. I will not even pay or give my tithe anymore. I will not give an offering anymore. Maybe you have said I have given and given and I have not seen anything. Beloved, with the Lord, a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years before our God. Beloved, there is no futility with our God. There is no useless with our God. In fact, he takes the useless situation and he beautify it to the desires of the world. He says that for your ashes, I will give you beauty. Beloved, what is beautiful about ashes? What is significant about ashes? It is strong and men trample over it. By saying, when you are at a place, when men are riding over your head, when men are trampling over you, that is the place I will put my garment on you. That is the place I will put my my glory on you. That is a place I will set a crown over your head. That is a place that I will elevate you. That is a place I will turn those ashes into beauty. Somebody shout hallelujah. I see the Lord turning ashes into beauty. Maybe you are saying my situation is too much for the Lord to beautify in. Beloved, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Beloved, is there anything if it was not too difficult for him to call out Lazarus. He did not even do any rituals. He did not give Lazarus any medication. He did not give him any CPR. All he did was Lazarus come forth. Beloved, the man that was dead for four days, that was thinking and in fact, the, the sister said, Lord, it is too late. But he stood there and said, roll away the stone. And the Lord did not even have to enter into the tomb he stood out there and he shouted and called forth, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. The one that was dead came alive. Beloved, if it was not difficult for him, it was not hard for him eh, to call Sarah, who had passed the age of childbearing, and Abraham, who was very old, eh, to have a child at their old age. Beloved, your situation is nothing before the Lord. Eh, as a matter of fact, you are not dead yet. There is nobody in this service 
who is 90 years old. And beloved, the Lord is able to turn your situation around. Maybe Abraham and Sarah, they have hard worked hard. They have served the Lord. They have told. They have done everything they know to do. Eh, to live holy and righteous. I believe they came to a time of their work with the Lord. and said, Lord, we have served you. We have worked in your presence. We have followed you. And now only a servant that will be my inheritor. Only a servant that will inherit all the blessings that you have blessed me with. Beloved, I've come to encourage somebody. Hey, your sacrifice in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord. Your tiredness in the Lord. Your commitment in the Lord. It shall never be in vain. If Abraham and Sarah, if their labor and Prayer was not in vain. Beloved, yours will not be in vain. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord is turning toil into success. He is turning defeat into success. He is turning disappointment into a new appointment. In the name of Jesus. Let me get to the test for today. Hallelujah. Let me get to my test for today. Luke chapter number five, Jesus. Luke chapter number five. Reading from verse number one. And I'll pick it up from the Amplified Version. Thank you, Jesus. Now it happened while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding all around him and listening to the word of God. My nevers. Beloved, they were not taking selfies. I believe if Jesus shows up now, everybody wants a selfie with Jesus. We will not even care what he has to say. Instagram life. Thank you, Captain. Instagram life. We will all be holding our phones. Doing Instagram life with Jesus. And not even care for what he has to say. All I want is a picture with Jesus. So that I will trend online. They will see online that I was at where Jesus was. Thank you. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, I love this generation. Amen. They were not generation social media. Amen. I love this generation. A generation and were eager to hear the word of God. Not test, test. Amen. They get that to hear the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. The word of God gives life. It gives strength to the weary. It heals the sick. He sent forth his word and healed 
our infirmities and diseases. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts deep across bone and marrow. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Beloved, what washing their nets means simply means at the end in the fishing industry and in the fishing world, at the end of the day's business, and they have closed the business of the day, the, the workers gather together and they spread the net and look where the net is deformed. They, they mend the net, put it together and fold it, packing it together ready for the next business day. Amen. So when you see a fisherman mending net, it means that game is over. It means that game is over. We are no longer going to see. We are no longer going into sea. Game is over. We are finished. Whether they were able to be successful, they caught some fish or did not catch anything, they are not going to see anymore. They are preparing for the next day business. Amen. So that is what it simply means. It shows you that these people have given up. Amen. They have given up. They have given up for the day. But thank God, it was not their life. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So the Bible says in verse number three, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and I've been praying that Jesus will get into your house. Amen. Amen. Realize that there were two boats. Jesus did not enter into both boats. Amen. You've got to position yourself to allow him to enter into yours. Amen. And it is my prayer that it, as a ministry, Jesus will enter in our services. Jesus will enter in our household. Jesus will enter in our sons and daughters. Jesus will enter in our men and women. Jesus will enter in every endeavor of our life as a ministry that we will strategically be positioned. It does not matter the, the, the situations of our life. Whether we are meeting online, beloved, I've seen the presence of God in some of our online services than in in-person services. Beloved, we are strategically positioned for God to enter in our midst and to have his way in our midst and to tabernacle with us. Beloved, there were two boats. Jesus did not enter into both boats, but he chose one as to why he entered into Simon's boat. I have no idea, but I've come to tell you that maybe the Lord saw something that Simon himself did not see. Maybe Mayakata, the other boats were just not ready. They were maybe still wanting to go to sea. And Jesus saw that their situation was not worse than Peter. 
Peter was that giving up. He, he needed some encouragement. Peter has just given up. He had come to the end of the day. He has closed the chapter for that day. And he was going home disappointed, rejected, and broken. And Jesus saw his condition and said, that I cannot let him go home like that. I cannot let him go face his wife and children at home like that. They, they are expectant that their husband and father will bring something for the dinner for the day. But I cannot watch him go broken and dejected, rejected home like that. So he needed some encouragement. He needed a miracle. He needed a miracle. I believe the Lord saw that Peter needed a miracle. And for that matter, he qualified because he is the miracle worker. Peter qualified for Jesus to enter his boat because he was the one who needed a miracle. And the miracle worker was there. Maybe the other boats, we don't know about them, but maybe they have had some fish. They have had some successes. They have had some victory. And maybe they were counting their fishes. Maybe they were counting their, their, their goods. Maybe they were counting their victory. But the, Jesus looked at Peter and saw the dejection and the rejection on his face and said, oh, my son needs a miracle. I've come to talk to somebody today who needs a miracle. Maybe the person on the other side of your screen, everything is working for them. Everything is well for them. Maybe they are shouting their praises. Maybe they are shouting their victory. Maybe they are rejoicing over their breakthrough. But you look at them and you are rejected and dejected. You look at them, Lord, when or oh, when? When will my turn come? When will I break through? You are the person I'm talking to today. You are the person the Lord sent me here to for today. Hey, that because you need a miracle. Hey, you are next in life for a miracle. And if you not doubt and believe in your rejection and in your brokenness, in your giving up state, in your giving up state, in your hopelessness state, the Lord is bringing hope unto you right now. The Lord is reaching out unto you right now. That situation and that condition that you think is impossible, the Lord is reaching out to it right now and give you a miracle of a lifetime in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord wants to give a miracle of a lifetime unto somebody. It doesn't matter who has mocked you. I believe the guys on the other side, they looked at them and they were gossiping and said, look at those guys on the other side. They've been working. They've been toiling all night. In fact, we saw them as seen. We thought that they were experienced. We thought they knew how to fish. In fact, every time when we come to see, they seem to have more than we have. But today, look at them. The Lord has given them or paid them back in their own pen. They are going home empty. I believe the other guys were just rejoicing over their failure. At, sometimes in life, people will come around you and they begin to laugh at you in the place of your distress. When you thought they will come and relieve you, when you thought they will come and help you, but they look at you, they hear your story and they go and gossip about you. They go and put it on social media. They go and put it on Instagram. They go and put it on Facebook. Oh, can you believe one of my friends, everything is working for everybody, but he alone, she alone, nothing is working for her. And I even gave her 10 pounds. I even gave her five pounds. I even offered to 
do something for her. Can we gather and do something? Oh, beloved, it's like they are gossiping about you. Hey, but for those who are being gossiped, I've got news for you. Because they laugh at you, because they ridicule you, it qualifies you for God to enter into your boat, to enter into your house, to come into your situation. Hey, the very situation that caused men to ridicule you. It is the same situation that God will use to elevate you. It is the same situation that God will use to make you relevant. It is the same situation that God will use to bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. So the Bible says he got into the boat which belonged to Simon and he asked him to put a distance from the shore and he sat down and began preaching the teaching the crowd from the boat. What a wonderful pulpit. Peter's failure has become Jesus' success. His failure became the success of Jesus. Beloved, I've seen wonderful pulpits in my life as a Christian. Some churches, they even have pulpit with horns on it. As in the Bible, the altars with horns. Amen. All manner of puppets. But Jesus did not have such fanciful puppets. Ours is very cool. <laughs> Amen. Ours is very cool. Every happening church has one of this. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's very cool. Jesus did not have such cool puppets. It was a desperate failure boat. That which nothing good came out from. That became a very successful pulpit. Bible says from there he sat and he taught. He did not preach. He taught. Beloved, teaching bring deliverance. Amen. 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 Teaching bring deliverance. So Bible said there were a lot of crowds, but with Peter, there was nobody. Everybody has gone away from him because he had failed. Beloved, success has many friends. Yes. <laughs> Beloved, you'll be amazed when God has elevated us as a ministry, giving us a glass tabernacle. That is what I'm believing God for. That our tabernacle will be like the, the new um dealership dealerships you know it's full of glass i mean just drive past Cape's causeway you see the new jaguar dealers and volvo dealers and all it's that is the kind of tabernacle we are believing god for amen, amen. if it is good for the dealers it is good for our god amen, amen. that is why we will prosper in the land amen that is why you prosper in the land that is why you will prosper in the land. Amen. 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 So the Bible says, out of the sailor, nothing, something great. When Peter had failed, I believe people who were even coming to buy of his business ran away from him. Success has many friends. I said, when the Lord elevates us, you see people who come from nowhere, 
And so we know, pastor, people who want to associate with you. But when we were on Zooms, gadgets were not working. Nobody wants to know. They go and gossip. They go and talk. They gather at their shifts, their struggling shifts, and they are talking about the things of God. You, you are struggling, doing shifts, and you are talking of a God who doesn't shift. You don't fear God. You don't fear God. You don't fear God. You don't care for God. A God who can take you out of shifts and prosper your endeavors, the work of your hands. You go and gossip about him. And your life has not changed. You haven't stopped shifting seven days. <laughs> Beloved, success has many friends. But when life is giving you lemons, everybody run away. Even those who can help you turn those lemons into lemonade, they run away. Except the committed few. Except the committed few. Except those who say, whatever comes me, we will stay and see the salvation of the Lord. Beloved, those are the people, when the Lord elevates, they don't even make a fast. Amen. So out of his emptiness, success came. Beloved, I've come to encourage somebody. In the place of your failure, is the place of your success. The place where you fail, the place where you were disappointed, the place where you were ridiculed, is the same place God will elevate you, God will prosper you, God will make you relevant and influential. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the Bible says, Peter qualified because he needed a miracle. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep water and lower your net for a catch of fish. Simon replied, Master, I like his response. Master, where did Simon know him from? But he knows Jesus carries such an anointing and aura around him that even demons recognize him. And the way out of no place, a lot of crowd gathered to hear what he has to say. He must be a master of some kind. So Peter answered him, Master, we worked hard. So from his response, we can infer from that verse that Peter is looking at Jesus and saying, what are you talking about? Do you know who we are? We are professional fishermen. Fishing is in our DNA. My great-granddad was a fisherman. My great-great-father was a fisherman. In fact, my daddy is also a fisherman. It is a family trade. We know when to go to sea. 
We know when to let down the net. We know what kind of net to take to see. We know how to catch fish. What are you telling me? We've been working so hard. We've been dedicated at what we do. In fact, our livelihood rests on this business. This is what we do for a living. You cannot tell me what I've been doing for so many years. As a matter of fact, I don't know you. Where have you come from? What do you know about fishing? Which fishing university did you attend? In fact, when I check in my mate, my colleagues, the guys, we were not in the finest fishing university. We did not know you there. We did not find you there. Which fishing university did you graduate from? That what audacity have you to tell me to pull back into the sea and lower my net for a catch? How do you know this time if I lower my net, I will have a catch? All this thing is going on in his mind. But I like his response. Beloved, your obedience will create your miracle. Amen. Your obedience. It doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how well you are invested in the word of God. It doesn't matter how powerful your tongues are. Sometimes a little person, somebody who is not even, we call baby Christians, they can hold a key to your miracle. Yes. But are you going to just disregard them because they don't pray like you? Are you going to disregard them because they don't dress like you? Are you going to disregard them because they don't smell like you? Or you going to let the spirit of obedience come upon you. Amen. Amen. He said, Master, we worked hard. The word there is in the past. So before you came, just in case, you did not see us at sea. Just in case you did not see all our, of our sweat. Just in case you did not see when even the boat wanted to capsize and we, we tried to maneuver to float. Just in case you did not know, we have worked hard. Somebody say hard. hard. Beloved, sometimes we don't have to work hard. We just have to work smart. Amen. Sometimes it is not the hard work. Beloved, the people who are more successful in life, it is not hard work. It is smart work. Sometimes it's not even smart work. It is networking. There are many people who have become so successful not because they have a product to sell or they have a, 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 a line in their name, but because they network with somebody. Beloved, and I'll prove to you in the word and in this test that it is not always about hard work. By the Lord that showeth mercy. May you find mercy today. In your hard work, may you find mercy. Master, we have worked hard all night. And the night hour is very long. To the point of exhaustion and caught nothing. 
in our nets, but at your word. Realize that it is not by his experience. It is not about his hard work. It is not about his knowledge of fishing. But he says that, but at your word. And I believe Peter was just astonished about the word Jesus preached. He was astonished, I believe, as Jesus taught them from his boat. The same boat that has failed, he saw that the blind eyes were open. He saw the people were walking. He saw the lame was walking, the dumb was speaking. He saw the manifestation, the lepers were cleansed. He saw manifestation of the miraculous of God. So Peter could say that, I don't know you, but I've seen you speak. I've heard you speak. And I've seen some weird conditions disappear. I've seen people who could not see, now they see. And it is in the same word that you are spoken, it must also carry power to bring success where I fail. To bring abundance where my hard work, my knowledge and wisdom, my, my ability could not give me. Master, because you say so, I would do as you say and lower the nets again. Amen. And lower the net again. I believe at the point Peter and Co were washing their net, they had closed the chapter for the day. There is somebody here, and you have given up on yourself. And you said to yourself, nothing will happen to your situation. You have resigned to your faith. But today, this hour, the Lord is in your house. The Lord is turning that desperate cry into victory chant. Hallelujah. The Lord is turning those ashes into beauty. Peter said, we have toiled all night, wet hard all night. When he was washing the net, he thought that he has failed as a fisherman. As a matter of fact, he did not just fail as a fisherman. He fails on three levels. As a fisherman, he has failed. He could not catch any fish. As a husband, he has failed. He could not bring any money home, food home. As a father, he has failed. He could not feed his home. And as a businessman, he has failed. He could not supply his customers. On four levels, this man has failed. So he had just failed. He was just failed and sad was his countenance. And in that place, he thought that all his hard work has been futile, has been useless, has produced no results. It is being in vain. You know, sometimes you take stock of your life. Sometimes you take stock of your week, your month, your year, and you can plot 
which month you were productive and fruitful and which month you worked for nothing. Have you heard some of you say, I'm working very hard, but I can't see the money. And there are times you just check your account and it's overflowing. And you don't even know what you did. Am I the only one here? So sometimes you plot and you can tell. So this man was just recounting how bad he has failed. But he said at the word, his obedience brought him instant miracle. Instant miracle. So the Bible says when he had obeyed, when he has done this, when he had lowered the net again, and some of you, we tell to lower the net and say, Pastor, I'll hold on to my net. <laughs> At least I can come back tomorrow and try again. What if I lower the net and some shark? Just take the net away. What is going to happen to my career? I will hold on to the net. Trust God. No, no, pastor. It's better to have the net in my hands than to drop it into the sea where I have no control over it. You know how many of these people here say, I want to take control of my life. <laughs> I want to take control of my life. And you're struggling. You can't take control. Let the Lord take control of your life. Give it to him. Come unto me, all ye who are heavily laden and labor and are tired and are weary and I will give you rest. Why? Because he doesn't want your toil to be in vain. He wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper you. So when he has done that, when he has obeyed the word, Bible says, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Hallelujah. That is another full message. But beloved, just when they thought that we have failed in business. That is the same place the Lord prospered their business. Beloved, it was not their hard work they did not produce, but their smart work, their obedience. When he said, nevertheless at thy word, he switched from hard work into smart work. Beloved, he moved from hard work, hard sweat, into sweatless victory. How difficult it is to let down the net for a catch. So all you have to do is just drop the net. The catch is based on his work. So if he has spoken it, he has the power to bring the cash. 
I believe the moment Jesus said that, he commanded all the fishes of the sea to come to that spot where the net was. In fact, the net attracted them in. When they see the net, they run. But this time, the net was a magnet because the word of God will not fail. It will accomplish every purpose. So even though the fish had gone far away, at his word, they had to come near. They brought themselves, just like the Noah ark. Noah did not have to go and gather the animals. The animals came in by themselves. So the fishes came. They they filled the net by themselves. That is what God can do. The word of God can do. Has the power to create success where you have failed. Amen. And Bible said they had to beckon their friends. When they thought their toil and labor was in vain, the Lord is not through with you yet until he has accomplished his word concerning your life. What word has he spoken concerning your life? Beloved, he is faithful to bring to a complete success. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now come with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. As I bring this service to a close. Hallelujah. Matthew, chapter number 26. Reading from verse number one. When Jesus had finished his discourse, he said to his disciples, you know that the Passover is coming in two days and the son of man is to be betrayed and handed over for crucifixion. He knew everything about him. So what can you hide from him? Amen. Amen. He's able to prophesy his own life. And the disciples marvel. But he said this, oh, it's not the tree that he cares and they saw the manifestation. He, he was just himself. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the courtyard of the elegant home of the Jewish high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted against and plotted together to arrest Jesus by stealing and kill him. But he, they said, it must not be doing Passover. Otherwise, there might be a rout among the people. Now, when Jesus was back in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume. And she poured it on Jesus' head as he reclined at the table. But the disciples saw it. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and angry, saying, Why all this waste of money? For this perfume might have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of the malice of this remark said to them, 
Why are you bothering this woman? For has she has done a good thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I assure, I assure you, the most solemnly say to you, whenever this gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her for her act of love and devotion. Amen. Beloved, as I bring this message to a close, your toil will not be in vain. Bible says in Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 1 to the verse number 13, there is an account of Jesus anointing there. Bibles describe and commentators describe this alabaster ointment or vial or bottle or perfume as the most expensive perfume you could get. Amen. And traditionally, uh, Bible commentators make us to understand that this alabaster box is not broken until at the marriage of the woman, the woman breaks the perfume on the husband. So it is a very precious ointment or perfume or oil that every woman who has the power and, and the, the ability to acquire one does not play with it. One, they keep it to the day of their marriage, which is a special day to break the bottle. But the Bible tells us that when this woman heard that Jesus was at Simon the leper's house, she carried this same very expensive perfume that she had probably saved and bought pending her own marriage, that she will break it over the husband. But beloved, when she saw Jesus and by the spirit of God in this woman, said that, I believe God sent her to anoint Jesus for his burial as he himself prophesied. But I see this woman break the vow of this oil and pouring it on the head of Jesus, crying. And the people around there say, what a waste. What a waste. All her savings is now vain. All the things she held dear and precious is now useless. Because one, Jesus will not marry her. For sure. She has lost her chance of marriage. Two, she might not have the opportunity again to have that alabaster ointment or bottle 
of perfume again. Because the Bible even qualifies it as very expensive. And I believe even as she was wondering herself, what have I done? Have I wasted this precious perfume? And as a matter of fact, they say that this could have been sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor. And this 300 is like a yearly wage of somebody because the day rate of pay was one denarii for let's say eight hours of work. Can you imagine 300 of those? If you take the weekends out of it, it's a year. So a whole year's wages has been wasted and dead in vain. And I believe she began to think of her action. All my savings has been wasted. My beloved, Jesus looked at that and said, this woman, you are thinking of waste, but she has done something spiritual to my body. She had prepared my body not to corrupt. Not to corrupt in the grave. Because by this anointing, I will arise again. And of a truth, wherever this gospel of salvation shall be preached, I believe in Jesus' time, there were people who kept their 300 denarius. There were other women who kept their alabaster perfume. But even as I am preaching here now, I don't even know them. But for this one, who cared to break hers today? Over 2,000 years ago, we are still talking about her act of devotion. Jesus said that she will be talked about for her love and devotion. Beloved, that is how I know your devotion to the things of God, to humanity, will never be in vain. This woman might have worked hard to save money for this ointment. In the eyes of men, the corrupt men, it was a waste. But in the sight of God, it was a heavenly assignment. When you come to church, when you serve God, when you give your tithe, when you give your offering, you go to work, you talk about your, you talk to your colleagues, oh, I give 10% of my income to the church. They say, how fool you are. Because in their sight, your 10% of your income can maybe buy you a second car. But little did they know that you are building treasures in the heavenly places. Your car can crash tomorrow by your heavenly treasures. No moth will be able to touch it. They saw this woman as worse 
four. But today, we are talking about her devotion, her love, her commitment was not in vain. Beloved, I come to encourage somebody. Your toil will not be in vain. The place of your disappointment, God is able to magnify you there in the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive something for today, why don't you put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 He said, nevertheless, at thy word. Beloved, it is not about the hard work, but it is about your obedience. His hard work produced nothing, but his obedience produced net breaking catch. Your next level, it doesn't matter. You have worked hard from January to the 11th of December. But from today, the one who say, Master, we know our trade. We know how to work. But have struggled to make ends meet. But from this direction you are given, I will obey. The next breakthrough will come by those who, who are not afraid nor careful to let down the net again. Peter said, I will let it down again. It means he had done it several times and failed. Some of you, the Lord will begin to visit you in your dreams. Some things that you have shelved, some things that you have given up, some of the things you have washed your net. In fact, you have buried it, put a nail on it that you will never go back again. But as the Lord come to you, I see the wedding in Cana. He said, fill this pot with water. He did not say, fill it with wine. He said, fill it with water. And their obedience produced their best wine. And the best wedding in Cana. Beloved, your obedience to his word, the word that is powerful, the word that has the power to create and to produce, your obedience will create and produce the miracle you desperately need in your life. Your toil will not be in vain. After you have worked hard, <clears throat> beloved, you need to work smart. Some of the successful people will tell you, the beginning, it was a hard work. But now that they have established, it is smart working. They systemize things. They're sleeping and their business is working for them. They are holidaying and their business is paying for it. But there were times that they had to be at base. Do their deliveries. Do their cleaning. Do their hard work. But now, they work in smart. You have worked hard. By your know-how, by your hands, it's time to work smart. By working smart, obey the voice of the Lord. Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, whatever he asks you to do, 
just do it. Don't question it. Don't argue it. Don't fight it. Just do it. How easy can this be? Or how hard can this be? Beloved, will you obey the master's voice? Will you obey the master's voice? If it worked for Peter, it will work for you. What men call failure, it is a place of God's success. What men call waste, it is the place of God's memory and anointing. May the Lord cause every failure in your life around you, turn it into your place of victory and success. After you have worked hard from this service now, every word of God that you obey, may it carry a blessing and a miracle for you in the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive it, say amen. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Beloved, tell your neighbor, your tour is never in vain. Your devotion is never in vain. Your sacrifices is never in vain. Your pain is never in vain. Your hurt will never be in vain. Your disappointment is working for your good in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. May he multiply you and give you good success in the name of Jesus. May the Lord crown this year with success over your life in the name of Jesus. May he crown you this year with his bountiful harvest in the name of Jesus. Indeed, the Lord is making room for you right now. You shall prosper in the land in the name of Jesus. I speak divine prosperity over you. I speak smart work upon you. May you move from hard work into smart working in the name of Jesus. May the Lord release his words of breakthrough and victory over your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. 